0: So welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Denver Broncos, you know, they're bringing the whole AFC North, or NFC North, it would seem, uh, to Denver. I jest, but looks like we have an OC that's about to be hired, and then Nathaniel Hackett has his eye on a Kubiak offspring what's going on with that
1: yeah clint kubiak uh currently the vikings offensive coordinator i don't know if he'll last in minnesota because they they're going to hire a new head coach and they're going to probably want to bring in their own guys but they plan to interview him kubiak the broncos do for an, an offensive coordinator position per mike Cliss. he didn't it doesn't sound like oc as you mentioned they have justin Oten. Wooten, however you pronounce his name, he's the Green Bay uh, tight ends coach. He's the favorite right now to be the O.C. It sounds like it could be run game or pass game coordinator for Clint Kubiak. But I have to wonder, though, so I'm going to throw it out there. I don't necessarily want this or believe it, but I have to put it out there into the universe. You know George Payton's connection to Minnesota, obviously. Um, now you might bring in Clint Kubiak. If only there was a Minnesota quarterback that could be up for grabs this coming offseason in Kirk Cousins. I wonder. Also, Nathaniel Hackett saw Cousins twice a year in Green Bay. Not saying it's going to happen, but that's an intriguing subplot to this potential hire bringing aboard the son of Gary Kubiak, who really advanced his coaching career in Denver. He was hired in the final year of Gary's tenure and then was retained in the VJ era. Then he moved on to greener pastures, followed Gary to Minnesota, and he was the OC last year. He did a pretty good job, though, Chad. If you see right there, Uh, 11th in passing, 12th in total yards, 14th in scoring, and 17th in rushing. Kirk Cousins was the ninth leading passer, Dalvin Cook the 5th fifth, fifth leading rusher, and Justin Jefferson 2nd leading wideout. So it wouldn't be the worst move to bring aboard a former offensive coordinator in an assistant role. And I put this out there before, for a first time head coach Nathaniel Hackett, it would make sense to have someone on his staff that has some experience I don't know that Kubiak is all the more experienced than Nathaniel Hackett, but this could be a nice pickup for George Payton, Hackett, and company.
0: His brother, to my knowledge, still works in the scouting department, Klein, for the Denver Broncos. And as you note here, he was a Bronco assistant, first under his father in 2016, and then he stuck around under VJ's staff through 18 Um The former wide receivers coach at Kansas and an offensive quality control coach with the Vikings prior to his dad giving him a a hand up, so to speak. And he was, if I remember right, Clint is a former safety that played at CSU, Colorado State. But, you know, it's interesting because if you've got Nathaniel Hackett calling the plays on game day, maybe you don't hire an offensive coordinator, Zach. It's like you say, you hire Clint Kubiak to be the passing game coordinator perhaps, and uh, Justin Oten or, or Ooten or however you say that, to be maybe the rushing game corner. It's kind of how, up until this past season, it's kind of how Kyle Shanahan's done it in San Francisco, yeah. where it's split down the middle. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and
1: ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right,
0: guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets.
1: It's almost like the new trend at uh, uh, secondary coach. They don't just have a DBs coach. They have a cornerbacks coach and a safeties coach. So there was more than one position. And even the Broncos did a couple years ago. They had an interior offensive line and an offensive line coach. So they can definitely break it down that way. It does sound like Justin Oten uh, will follow Hackett to Denver. And it's all nominal anyway. I've mentioned this comparison in the past. It's like Ed Donatello being a D.C. under Vic Fangio. Hackett's going to call the plays. This would be his sounding boards and the guys that would help him with weekly game plan preparation. It's just surprising, though. Not only would the Broncos be interested in bringing Clint back, but Clint would come back to Denver after a pretty successful uh, first year in Minnesota. Even if he doesn't uh, stay with the Vikings, I'm sure he can land a coordinating job elsewhere. Why would he want to come to Denver and not call plays? It seems like a step Mm -hmm. down for him. So interesting uh, development.
0: Indeed um let's say hello to the chat for a second then we'll dive right back in starting with Casey Nickel jumping in with a super chat appreciate that my friend great to see you says who day ha 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 go Broncos Denver will be the Bengal uh will be the Bengals in 2022 because we have everything but the QB there's that you know there's that kink in the hose there's that chink in the armor no quarterback or no proven quarterback Cuero jumping in too thanks buddy Jerry Judy is not Devontae Adams' light. Devontae is Judy older. Judy in 2020 with three different quarterbacks equals almost the same yardage as Adams his first two years combined with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. I, You know what? Well, we don't know that. <laughs> Jerry Judy, Zach, has received quite a lot of, uh, maybe not shade, but very dismissed, right? He's kind of been dismissed lately. Didn't have a great second year. Hurt for a lot of the season and then just struggled to really produce, no touchdowns, but I still submit that he is a phenomenally talented wide receiver worthy of his first-round pedigree, that he just needs the right OC quarterback uh, combination to unlock him.
1: I mean, I would want Jerry Judy to stick around in Denver, if only to see what he can do if actually given a jet sweep and not running fake jet sweeps 100 <laughs> times right. a game. He has so much talent, that's why he was the 15th overall pick. Uh highly touted guy, expert route running. His hands were an issue, but he can get open. He's a playmaker waiting to happen. But Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Jerry Judy is as unproven a commodity as there is. So I still will go with Devontae Adams' light in that scenario. He offers some of the same uh, traits in terms of, again, his footwork and his route running ability, but his hands are a far, far, far cry from Devontae's for sure.
0: Before we grab Matthew here on that first, uh, super chat from Casey, the one, what's the opposite of a silver lining? I don't know. The one downside to the chiefs, not advancing.
1: A is, brown lining. You
0: There you go. There you go. Thank you. Is, uh, if they would have advanced to the super bowl, Justin Simmons and Garrett Bowles are pro bowlers. Replacing Terran Matthew and, uh, just bring forward the left tackle. Anyway, Orlando Brown. Thank you. Orlando Brown. Uh, but since the Chiefs will be home, those guys will ostensibly, Zach, be playing in the game, which may, makes it a little bit harder for Simmons and or Garrett Bulls, unless either of those two guys bow out, which is still possible. Uh, Matthew, thanks, buddy. He says, I want Denver to get a previous head coach's defensive coordinator like Dan Quinn, like a Dan Quinn. What do you guys think? Mike Zimmer is really the only guy that kind of fits that bill, Zach, that's out there. Yeah. Um, Wade Phillips probably ain't coming back to Denver. I guess he technically fits that bill as well as a multi-head you know, multi coach in years past. But your thoughts on Mike Zimmer, who up to this point, no reports that I've seen. Right. Exactly. None of my the people I talk to are saying George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett are thinking Mike Zimmer, which is a little bit of a surprise.
1: It might be a case where Zimmer follows what Doug Peterson did, which was following his firing. He took a year off football reached charges, batteries, and then came looking for another job. Uh, that could be the case for Zimmer. I also haven't heard anything about uh, his potential next step as a defensive coordinator. It seems like they like Evero, though, right now. He's the front runner to be the DC. But I also agree, you need to have at least one veteran assistant. It's really surprising they would go with first-time head coach OC and DC. Wink Martindale is another name, but it doesn't sound like he's coming back. I think he's going to land uh Dude, he could land with Josh. exactly
0: exactly in vegas could happen i mean that was his linebackers coach i'm trying to remember yeah so when mike nolan was the first defense coordinator hired so he was that veteran former head coach guy to balance out the young up-and-coming first-time offensive-minded head coach right to make everyone feel like okay there's an adult on premises we'll see how this josh mcdaniels does and mike nolan's defense um it was the scapegoat. It wasn't really the reason the Broncos collapsed that year in 09. If you can remember Zach, the Broncos started under Josh McDaniels six and zero, and there's that iconic in a comedic way, uh scene of Josh McDaniels Broncos, defeating the new England Patriots on a nationally televised game to get to six and zero, And then after that, he goes just running around the stadium, just like, Acting like you know they just won the Super Bowl and then they went on a multi-game skid and finished. I don't know what it was. Did they win another game? I'm trying to remember. But either way, Mike Nolan was the scapegoat of that season, and then Josh promoted Wink Martindale uh,
1: to to replace him. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him bring him back. Or Vic Fangio landing up in Las Vegas. Can you imagine Vic being the D.C. under Josh McDaniels? I can. I can. That's a rivalry game waiting to happen. I want to just mention something about the Pro Bowl comment about Simmons and Bowles. Am I the only one who doesn't really care about that? All it would do is like pad their own egos, and, and it looks good on their resume, but does that really change what happened last year? Does it really have an impact on the team? I, I really don't care about that.
0: I totally get that. The only thing is, in the interest of the players, it's one of those things that just, it goes on the res, uh, the resume, and it helps them earn down the road. Marcus Lewis, Henna, but both those guys are living on big second contracts right now, so you don't need to feel too bad for it. But
1: does Garrett Bowles deserve to be a pro bowler after the way he played? That's kind of my thing. Backing into the game because everyone's pulling out, is that really what you want to put on your resume when you put on the tape? And uh, I don't know. He was okay. Like, he wasn't bad. Like, he was a upper echelon left
0: tackle, in my opinion, in 2021. Was he a Pro Bowl? That's, that's a little bit harder to make that argument in 2021. 2020, he put to, on tape the best left tackle performance no in the NFL. So, he was – that being, being even an alternate, I think, in 2021 is kind of the fumes of that 2020 season. Marcus, hey, guys, and all Bronco fans – respect and love from the UK go Broncos and much respect to you both for bringing this fabulous podcast Broncos forever. Hey, Thank you to man. Appreciate you, Marcus. Uh, Shane Daniels, the aviator. What's good, buddy? He says with all the changes in the AFC West, the next few years are going to be insane. If Rogers comes to Denver, it's going to be a massive slugfest in the West. That's probably Zach. If there is one, Disincentivizing factor here, or as Scott Kennedy would put it, a skid mark. All right. You try and think silver lining, what would the opposite be? Perhaps a skid mark, right? If there's a skid mark to Aaron Rodgers coming to the AFC West, it's the realization that you got to contend with Mahomes twice a year. You got to contend with Justin Herbert, you know, who's a young quarterback on the come, and even a Derek Carr. I mean, this isn't the, you look at what he's dealt with in the AFC North. I mean, Since Brett Favre hung up his cleats, has there been a bona fide stud besides A-Rod in the NFC North? Jay Cutler is maybe the closest thing that you could come to, or Kirk Cousins. One of those two guys is the closest thing you Case Keenum for one year. So he's kind of had it made in the shade in that sense, Zach, in terms of his path to the NFC North crown year in and year out. He might not be the 800-pound gorilla anymore if he comes to the AFC West.
1: The only skid mark coming to the West is Josh McDaniels, chat. Let's get that out of the way right now. A-Rod would be the silver silver gold lining for the Broncos. And let me just put it out there. I feel like even without A-Rod, it's going to be a slugfest because the Broncos, now they'll hopefully have much, much better coaching. They can get by based on their playoff caliber roster. I'm just saying, if you plug in a Kirk Cousins at half his current salary— That's a 10-win, 11-win team as it's currently constructed. They have the defense that was number 3 in scoring last year. Loads of talent on offense, Chad. You put that with competent coaching and game planning, they can make noise even without A-Rod. That's what's so exciting about the Hackett hire. Scott's saying, yeah, don't forget about
0: Matthew Stafford as far as the NFC North rivals for A-Rod, but his teams were always with one or two years of, of his time in Detroit as the exceptions. His teams were just never well coached, never bound, never good. They just weren't good. And he was <clears throat> he was never a quarterback. He wasn't a Peyton Manning that could take a roster with a lot of holes and cover those holes and elevate them still to perennial double-digit win seasons year in and year out. That's why Matthew Stafford, God bless him for going to get into the Super Bowl. I'm seriously stoked for Matthew Stafford. But that's why he's so often dismissed. Yeah, uh, in terms of when people talk about, I mean, this dude's stats in 2021 were phenomenal. No one really talks about him, and now he's in the Super Bowl. No one really talks about him. Sam Bam, evening. So we know that Rogers talked. The rumors are going to be a fixture in Broncos country for a while, It's unavoidable and not going to go away. What's the latest? We went. What's the latest? We will know if Rogers will be the quarterback by the draft.
1: Yeah, probably the draft.
0: That's probably it.
1: Uh, yeah, latest, I would say, would be free agency, which starts in early March because even he said out of respect to Green Bay and Adams, who is an unrestricted free agent, he's going to have his mind made up well before then. I could see it coming down next couple weeks. He's still doing his weekly hit on the Pat McAfee show, so it's not like he's staying out of the limelight altogether. Um, yeah, I think the latest would be early March before we know.
0: Sam Bam, appreciate that. Very, very generous super chat. Huero again, buddy. Appreciate you. Look at Devontae Adams' production. He only became a household name after five, after year five. Only two consecutive thousand-yard seasons, and it took year seven and eight. Give Judy time. Well, I mean, no one's really debating. I mean, no one's debating that it took some time to incubate Devontae Adams. Um, So, I mean, for what it's worth, I'm not sure why you're barking up the tree, unless I'm missing something here. But I like Judy. Again, I think Judy has kind of been unfairly maligned somewhat by Broncos fans. Give him a serviceable quarterback, consistent. I mean, Teddy was serviceable. Give him a good quarterback. Give him a good quarterback and an offensive coordinator that knows his head from the hole in his rear, and he can do some great things
1: for you. And no one's debating the fact that um, Jerry Judy – Uh, if you just work with him, he has the talent. He's a a game-breaking threat waiting to happen. No one's debating what he can do. It's just he's being judged on what he has done through two years, and that's run a lot of fake jet sweeps and have a lot of drop passes. When he does make plays, it's pretty remarkable, but when you're saddled with the likes of Teddy Bridgewater, who I can debate is not really that serviceable, he was below average to me. Drew Locke, who's also, you can make the cases, below average, and also Pat Shermer, who's well, well, well below average, just give him some time and a better system. And when someone like Hackett comes in and has those West Coast concepts that should uh, work to Judy's advantage, better quarterback play, better play calling, I think that's a thousand-yard guy waiting to happen. But
0: see, guys, you should never just completely dismiss a quarterback for a perceived failure to launch after two or three years. You never really know. It takes sometimes the right situation, the right coach, the right supporting – I mean, Ryan Tannehill as an example – never did anything worth a squat in Miami, right? There was a reason, even as their first round pick, what was that, 2011 was, or was it 13? Anyway, um, he didn't do anything. They they were happy to let him hit the bricks. And uh, when he did, he wasn't viewed as some stud that automatically supplant the guy we have. He had to wait till Marcus Mariota was so bad against the Denver Broncos, who shut out the Titans in that game for what it's worth, uh, before he got his shot and then look Zach the stars aligned it was the right coach it was the right situation Tannehill became a thing now doesn't guarantee Drew Locke that that's what sort of fate awaits a Drew Locke but I am optimistic of what he might become under the guiding hand of a guy like Hackett I really am now that's no guarantee I'm not saying look out guys you know you're gonna see uh, Josh Allen 2.0 in Denver this year that's not what I'm saying but it's something to uh, keep in mind, then we'll grab Andrew.
1: Yeah, J- yeah, Hackett had a hand in developing the likes of, you know, Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez Scantling. These aren't Jerry Judy caliber receivers in terms of upside. And when Judy's getting three catches over the course of five games and a handful of targets, what can he really do with that? When you're, again, Pat Shermer and the quarterback play was the biggest detriment to Jerry Judy, and you surround him with the weapons that you have on offense. Courtland Sutton drawing coverage away, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler coming back hopefully, the tight ends, the running backs, put it all together. Uh, that's a breakout candidate. He's a guy the Broncos should look to develop, not expel.
0: Andrew, appreciate you, big dog. What is our free agency looking like? Who should we get or get rid of? Well, if you want to listen to Pro Football Focus, of all the unrestricted free agents the Broncos have hitting, uh, you know, leaving the books, as it were, they say the one guy Broncos should be afraid to lose is Josie Jewell. Melvin Gordon's a guy that you think about, right? Just because of you think about the outside zone and what kind of damage he
1: could do. And, and now that. he's begging to stay, by the way. It's funny yes. how that
0: works. It wouldn't surprise me, though, to see the Broncos approach him and say, hey, here's four million bucks. Come back one year.
1: You're down. I bet he'd take it too. Well, if he's saying, you know, he's pretty much tweeted Broncos, please resign me. I want to play under Nathaniel Hackett. Put your money where your mouth is, Melvin. If you you, you don't want to take top five money, if you want to take half of that, then sure, come back. But you shouldn't unseat Javante, and you shouldn't be paid like a top six running back when you're not a top six running back. That's a whole other story, though.
0: Um, I want to come back to that. Mays Jackson, a newer name, jumping in on Super Chat. So welcome, welcome. Appreciate you, big dog. Connect on Twitter because we like to shout out and tag all of our Super Chat superstars after each stream. Uh, May says, a lot of people think Rodgers, if we traded for him, would be stupid to come to the AFC West because it's brutal compared to the NFC North. Thoughts. We must have been sharing a brand, Mays, because that's just exactly a misgiving I offered up just a few minutes ago. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 a skid mark, all right? Scott Kennedy, he's a he's a marketing whiz. He came up with a new catchphrase on this show, skid mark. That's what it is. It's not a silver lining. It's a drawback. It's a skid mark for Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver.
1: Uh, it, personal feelings kind of sometimes cloud what's best in terms of judgment. And, yeah, it would be easier to compete with the likes of Kirk Cousins and Fields and the NFC North and Jared Goff. That's a no-brainer, but – I don't think he likes playing for Matt LaFleur all that much. I don't think he respects the GM and Brian Gutekunst. And after so many years in Green Bay, I just, you could wonder what else is out there. Is the grass greener on the other side? But that's why I also think it's not a slam dunk that he leaves Green Bay. It's not a slam dunk. He doesn't just retire and walk away at the height of his career. So, you know, it's a challenge, too. These players love being challenged. They love to see what they can do. And after what Brady did, Chad, going from New England to Tampa Bay and then winning a a chip right off the bat there, maybe Aaron wants to replicate that. We never know.
0: It's a great, I think, here's the thing. If you are looking at how Peyton Manning closed out his career, how Tom Brady, you know, really emphasized and ended the argument, was it Belichick or Brady in terms of responsible for the success of New England? that argument has now been settled with gusto, not to take anything away from Bill Belichick, who is, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's the greatest head coach in NFL history, him and and Lombardi, but, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers looks at at what Peyton and Tom were able to do. And it's like, Hey, if I, if I want to look at an NFL city, that uh, would give me the best shot to, to replicate that same thing. Those dudes achieved and even coming close, like Brett Favre almost achieved, right. He got to the NFC title game in 09 did Brett Favre with the Vikings. And uh, were it not perhaps for a little extra juice and motivation that the Saints had in that game with uh, Bounty Gate, maybe he makes it to that Super Bowl and beats Peyton Manning. Who knows? But the Broncos are very attractive, very attractive for a lot of reasons. But here's what uh, Zach was talking about, guys. Melvin Gordon brought, I hope I'm with the Broncos next year. Me and 33,
1: Javante, going to run through teams, I promise. And he tweeted that on Sunday, Zach. Okay, I mean, take $4 bucks and come back in a one-year deal. I mean, it's really as simple as that. After the season he had, he can probably fetch $8 million again, $9 million. You never know. There's always one team that's willing to overpay. That shouldn't be the Broncos, though. So uh, that's something for George Payton to decide. But it is it is interesting that there was a picture the Broncos released. Before Hackett even had his introductory presser, he was seen roaming the halls with Melvin Gordon talking side by side. So maybe there is something in the works for uh, MG3. Merlot to come back? For what it's worth, he finished with his third highest
0: production in terms of rushing yards of his career with 918 uh, yards, eight rushing tutties, and then he also hauled in 28 catches for two more tutties. So he was a double-digit touchdown guy again for the Broncos in his second year, and he gave him over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, so that's not nothing, but as Zach mentioned, it's got to make sense. three fumbles on top of that. A lot of, yeah, too many lost fumbles, And George Payton's just not the type of guy to overpay, really. You know, Uh, D-Dub jumping in two nights in a row, top rope. Kaboom. Love you, bro. Appreciate you so much. Thank you, buddy. And he's reminding everyone, 420 watching on YouTube live. Smash that like button, team. I hope Rogers watches the behind the Broncos tapes on the hiring of Hackett because Hackett really talked up Payton and his team. Made our organization look real good. This guy has a great feel. Zach, have you seen those behind the Broncos yet? I watched a little bit of it, but I
1: didn't quite finish it today. Yeah, I was watching the first episode when it seemed like he was packing up his office or dismantling whatever he was doing there. I don't think Rodgers has to watch, though, because Rodgers was the one that was advocating for Hackett to get a head coaching job. Rodgers has been the one that's been parroting what we're saying about how creative and energetic and inspiring Hackett is as a coach. So if anyone knows Hackett's capabilities, that is Aaron Rodgers. And that's the nice, true silver lining to hiring Hackett is the instant connection and possibility that Aaron Rodgers could play for your team and play under a coach he really respects and likes a lot.
0: Most definitely. A uh, shout-out to Clayton. It was great to see in the chat, my friend, one of our great supporters on Facebook, Rodney Garcia as well, just a legend, living legend. He says, I'm just excited to see K.J. Hamler back and healthy. Yeah if you you need that arm you need the guy who can do what drew Locke did in the first preseason game when it comes to unleashing the talent of kj hamler he's got the ability i don't want to put him on this level but he's got a tyreek hill type of straight line speed twitch short area burst like he's got that again just one of these young players the broncos have that is just still kind of in chrysalis right going from a caterpillar to a butterfly they're in that middle part where they're changing and there there's a potential to go multiple different ways and it takes the right environment pardon me to complete that uh, metamorphosis and you need the, the right coach and you need the quarterback now could Nathaniel Hackett turn Drew Locke into the right quarterback I'm not ruling it out but I think the Broncos focus their vision first is on an outside cue Michaela the Duchess love you appreciate you how are you She says, I really want Wade Phillips as the D.C. in order to have a veteran presence. What are the chances? Not good at all. His name has not been connected to the job. So other than we as fans kind of speculating and daydreaming about it, there's no real there there. So sorry to bum you out on that.
1: I think he's happy in retirement and in doing podcasts and being on Twitter. So I don't think Wade Phillips is coming back to Denver to work, you know, 80 hours a week. In terms of KJ Hamler, Chad, one point about him, I don't want to sound like the Grim Reaper, but it's no guarantee he comes back and has the same speed or game-breaking ability. He didn't just tear one ligament. I mean, he really messed up his knee badly on that hospital ball that Teddy Bridgewater threw him. I hope he can be the same player. Uh, he can be a deep threat, but it's not a guarantee we ever see the same KJ, which is a shame.
0: Maze Jackson again. Thank you, buddy. I read a report from national media that blamed Josh McDaniels getting fired on a lack of quarterback, LOL, what he traded a top. I know. You cannot blame that on, I mean, that's part of why Josh failed, absolutely, but it was his own undoing. I mean, what asinine idiot gets hired, Zach, to be the head coach of a team, young 32-year-old upstart, and in your lap falls, entering his fourth year, a young, toolsy quarterback billed as the next John Elway coming off his first Pro Bowl season. And you think to yourself, mm, nah, get me Kyle Orton. What? <laughs> and then it would have been one thing, Zach, if the guys he drafted with the freaking killing he made on the Chicago Bears would have been those difference makers. And Now, I, it, it's been so long now that I forget which is which but basically you had Robert Ayers and uh no Sean Moreno. Robert Ayers didn't do anything as a first round pick. No Sean some injury problems. He ended up being worth something and was a big part of that 2013 offense that went to the to Super Bowl 48 and got destroyed. Um but Alfonso Smith, are you kidding me, dude? I just Josh McDaniels is the reason Josh failed in Denver. And if you listen to his presser uh, with with the Raiders, Zach, he admits admits that basically. And the one thing he points to as being the biggest detriment was he didn't understand how to lead people. He didn't understand how to communicate. He didn't understand how to build culture, which is absolutely true. I'm glad he's at least a big enough boy in retrospect, Zach, to uh, acknowledge that.
1: Giving up on a young quarterback in favor of a below-average veteran? Wow, does that sound familiar, Chad? But I could have stopped that comment after the words in national media. You mentioned asinine and idiotic. That's the national media. They have no idea what they're talking about with the Broncos. And McDaniel said himself today, from his own mouth, why he failed. He said he knew a little about football, which is kind of revealing in his own right, and not much about people skills or how to build culture and, and just... He wasn't cut out for the job, and he admits that. So I don't know. I don't care, really, what the national media is saying.
0: Dale, again, with a top rope super chat. Dude, we're so so grateful to have you in our community, big dog. He says, if if we gave up two first-rounders and some chips for Rodgers, we still would have two second-rounders and two third-rounders, a full slate of picks to bolster the roster, not to mention the cap space. Time to roll, Peyton. The bomb so far. Well, look, we sent Luke Patterson to the Shrine Bowl. Everyone he talked to, all right, from media sources to league sources, was they're all predicting Aaron follows Nathaniel Hackett. We've got Scott Kennedy at the Senior Bowl. He's in Mobile, uh, Alabama right now. In fact, make sure you tune in to uh, Broncos for Breakfast tomorrow, and then he'll be on Tuesday night show as well. We'll have him on Wednesday night. He'll be there all week. But Scott will have his ear low to the floor for any particular rumors and buzz that he might pick up on that front. But, Zach, you know, it's interesting to hear that, right, from our sources on the ground. But as you said last night when we heard about the Shrine Bowl rumors, it was no surprise to us, right? We've been reporting this at milehighhuddle.com for the better part of almost a year now, but especially just over the last six weeks, the way it has, um, you know, increased in intensity or whatever. I think it's a good chance Rogers. Like it's a good chance. If you think about like spitballing fantasies and like Rogers coming to Denver, it's not as far fetched as you might think at first blush, but it's still no guarantee because the Packers have a say in that. And that's going to be a detriment in getting that done. There's a lot of reasons, Zach, why Aaron Rodgers might want to say, you know, I'm going to play my whole career, hall of fame career. I'm going to finish it with the Packers. Like, there's a lot of reasons and incentives for him to stay if he continues to play as well.
1: There is a non-zero chance the Broncos will trade for Aaron, which is still decent. That fact that it's not zero, but it's not great either. And you wouldn't have Dale, you know, to your point, a full war chest of draft picks. You're not getting Aaron without giving up the seconds and the thirds, maybe even both of them each. It's going to cost an arm and a leg and a foot and an ankle and a neck and everything else to make that trade. You know, this is a true real deal future Hall of Fame quarterback, playing at an MVP level, it's either you get the quarterback or you retain your draft picks. You're not going to be able to do both.
0: Rodney, please draft a running back that's hungry, wants to compete to split carries with Williams. Broncos just might, bud. They just might. Um, we'll see. We'll see. And appreciate the stars, and including from you, Michael. Big stars, buddy. Thank you. Um, you're going to want to stay plugged in to milehighhuddle.com from now until the draft because Eric Trickle, Nick Kendall, all those draft dudes are going to be breaking down the class and we'll get to know who all the running back uh, stud prospects are to keep our eye on between now and the draft from those guys. Michael Ronquillo, appreciate you. He says, good evening, Broncos country. And Scott, Chad, Zach, very very uh, democratic in all of us. I am excited. I am excited. Uh I'm excited Broncos fan with Nathaniel Hackett as head coach of the Broncos. Let's go. Yeah, I think, Zach, that he has the, the, the Hackett hire, for the most part, has kind of encouraged fans, right? No more of these going against the grain hires. Of Vance Joseph, when you could have hired Kyle. Vic Fangio, when you could have hired Zach Taylor. No. This time, the Broncos hired the Zach Taylor of this coaching cycle. Or, I mean, uh, that type of candidate. Still would have liked to have seen Brian Dayball interviewed, but I'm not going to pick nits on this hire.
1: I think 90% of Broncos country is approving of this hire and and way more motivated and hopeful than they were after Vic Fangio's final game. One point about the running backs, though, am I the only one who wanted to see more of Mike Boone? I feel like that was a sneaky good signing by George Payton. He had three-down ability, who was explosive, and also cheap, which is nice. So That's why I'm not wild about Melvin Gordon coming back. You're not getting a Derrick Henry. You're not even getting someone like Nick Chubb. You're getting a top 12 running back, and you have a young stud waiting in the wings. If you want to pair him with somebody else, fine. But please don't break the bank on that 1B. We're going to
0: grab Michaela here, and then I see one at 633 from Albert that I want to grab too. Michaela, thank you for that second super chat. She says, now that McHoodie is the Raiders head coach, will he trade Carr? I know. I mean, you think about it. LOL indeed. Indeed. It's like, did he learn from his past mistakes? Is he going to arrive in Vegas and trade his Pro Bowl quarterback? It wouldn't shock me because, indeed, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. But you got to assume, Zach, he'll learn from that. Like, you basically slit your own throat by getting rid of the number one asset you had when you took the job.
1: I don't think he'll make that same mistake twice. I think he took the job with Derek Carr in mind. I Derek Carr to me I know he plays in the Broncos division and he's a rival and you you know, you can make fun of his appearance or whatever, but he's a really good quarterback. I think he's a franchise quarterback. You can win a lot of games with Derek Carr supposedly McDaniels sat down with Mark Davis and laid out his plan, including Derek Carr. And they have a pretty capable offense. We talked about this yesterday, not just Derek Carr, but Jacobs. You have Renfro, you have Darren Waller. You have some pieces on that O-line. You have a great pass rush. McDaniels, this situation isn't horrible for him. We just all hope he screws it up as he usually does. Arguably a better situation than the one he
0: assumed control over in 9 You know, picking up the pieces because Mike Shanahan, with the exception of the Ryan Clady pick in 08, and with the exception of the 2006 draft class, had left the cupboards bare. He had just lost his way as a draft artist big time. And so, you know, that's unfortunate for Josh McDaniels, but the only thing giving you a leg up over that was at least you had the quarterback solved, ostensibly, and then you trade him away. What an idiot. Albert Knoppers. Vaughn has a chance to get another ring. He has to be through the... Uh, AFC path. He's been through the AFC path. Now a shot through the NFC. Are there many players who have done that who are not quarterbacks? Um, I mean, I'm sure there are trying to think of big name guys though. Um, hmm, I'd have to give that some thought, but it's really cool today. Zach from the mothership at sports illustrated, there was a nice column. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to read this that, uh, talked about how Vaughn being inspired from that penultimate iconic speech that DeMarcus Ware gave on the eve of the AFC title game right before Super Bowl 50 where he brought in a one of the Bronco Lombardi trophies of the previous wins right and slammed it not slammed it but clanked it down on the table and like completely enthralled the room and everybody left that thing just completely inspired and Vaughn went to Sean McVay. I'm paraphrasing this whole story here, but go read it at sports illustrated. Um, but Vaughn went to Sean McVay and said, we need to do something similar and kind of concoct. He had had a replica made of a Lombardi and Sean McVay agreed. And instead of using the replica, he went and grabbed the 99 Lombardi trophy that the Rams brought home, you know, greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner, and used that as his prop to, uh, Rally the troops and it was McVay who addressed the team, of course, not Vaughn, but it was Vaughn's idea. So credit to Vaughn to, uh, you know, the magic trying to replicate the magic that his mentor similar in a similar situation now is Vaughn that D where was it back in 2015.
1: Well, I'll I'll plug once more. NFL YouTube account uh, puts out the mic'd up videos every week, and I, it's literally like football porn for me. I cannot get enough of that. I, I wait to watch it every single week. And before one of the playoff games the Rams had, uh, Vaughn's teammate come up to him and asked about the Super Bowl trophy, and he, and he goes, we don't get to keep that. We just get the rings. And Vaughn told him that I made my own myself, a replica, and it's funny that he actually used that. See, I, I love that Vaughn got there, and I love what he's doing with Aaron Donald, but I kind of want to see the Bengals and Joe Shiesty win a Super Bowl, so I'm kind of torn on I know. who I'm rooting for. I I am, for. too.
0: I am, too, because I never root for the NFC unless it's the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, because I'm a kid of the 80s, man. All right? I watched my Broncos get destroyed three out of four years in the Super Bowl. You know, the Raiders won it, whatever that was, 82, 83, and from that time... Until the Broncos beat the Packers in Super Bowl 32. It was straight NFC, it was conference dominance, um unprecedented. And so, like it was always such a David and Goliath when you got to the Super Bowl, it felt like for so many years, Zach, that the real world championship was the NFC title game each year. And so I just have always rooted since I'm an underdog guy. I've always rooted for the AFC and even though the p- balance of power that's obviously a thing of the past where the NFC always had this edge over the other conference but I'm torn. I want it, it would be rad to see Vaughn get his second ring. Um, but I'd love to see the Bengals break the ice and get their yeah. first world championship all
1: time, you know. So it's uh it's tough. Any team that goes to Arrowhead in late January and upsets them and does so convincingly, they, they have my respect. But it's a win-win. Either Vaughn gets his ring or Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, and that great underdog team gets a ring. So it's going to be a good game regardless. No Brady, no Kansas City. Huero, appreciate
0: you again, buddy. He says, sorry, guys, some context, LOL. I lost sleep over potentially giving the Packers Jerry Judy for Devontae just to appease A-Rod. I think it would be a mistake. I feel you. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate the context on that, my friend. But, um, you know, it could be a part, uh, look, whether Devonte w- ends up figure, you know, potentially following a rod to Denver is kind of beside the point on Judy, because there's a decent chance from what we're hearing that Judy is one of the chips that's going to be used to bargain to, you know, so maybe you don't have to give up a second round pick, for example, and it's two first and a Jerry Judy to get Aaron Rodgers here as an example, right? Like uh it sounds like because look if Devonte he's going to be free agent packers are going to need to replace that kind of production and just don't write it off as a possibility zach and then we'll grab dale
1: there's no way they're going to get aaron without giving up additional draft picks beyond first round there's just no way it's going to happen whether one second or one third or future seconds or future thirds um it's not going to just take jerry judy but there's also other players that green bay could target maybe noah fant Maybe Bradley Chubb. These are guys I would easily get rid of before I would give up Jerry Judy. But when you're talking about acquiring A-Rod and also Devontae Adams, the game's best receiver, that's a pretty easy pill to swallow when you break it down. For
0: what it's worth, in an A-Rod deal, I'd be personally more inclined to give up Judy than I would Fant. Just because behind Judy, you've still got Sutton, Timmy P, and Hamler. Behind Fant, you have Albert O, but... Albert O's kind of struggled to stay healthy as a pro, not quite as polished fans. Another guy just dying for that quarterback, next level quarterback Dale with another top rope. Super chat bro. Thank you so much, dude. I mean, I don't know what else to say. You're one of the legends in our community. Uh, You're one of the guys that inspired us to uh, take this podcast to the next level. Do the meet and greets, which you were there. You know, you said, hey, you guys do the meet and greet when we had you on the show. Uh, which, by the way, we're going to start inviting some of our super uh, super chat superstars and supporters on the show again now that we're at the offseason. But uh, he said, hey, if you guys, when you guys do that meet and greet, I'll be there. And we're like, really? You're in Hawaii? He's like, yeah, I'll be there. Sure enough, he was there because he's ride or die, and we love you, big dog. He says, the most exciting thing to come out of Hackett's hire is the fact that he plans on basing the offense on the player of, player's abilities. That has me squeezing my beer mug just thinking about it, LOL. I know, dude. I love it. I mean, and and it's not something where, you know, you heard that type of um, coach speak, Zach, from Pat Shermer on the reg, but it never came out in the wash on game day. You never really saw him have a presence of mind uh, with the scheme to, to put players in the best position to succeed. But if you look at what Hackett has done both in Green Bay and then in Jacksonville, Buffalo, there's a lot more of a body of – evidence there to back up that when he says that he means that and that's what's going to happen
1: yeah i was squeezing more than my beer mug with the hackett <laughs> hire and what he said my favorite quote to come out of that presser was my favorite thing this is word for word what hackett said my favorite thing is when the players become the system uh-huh. and if you want a refreshing jump start in dove valley that was the quote to go with there you could put that on the wall outside the locker room. I love that. I love the creative forward thinking. I just love the fact they're moving on from 1950s Pat Shermer and 1940s Vic Fangio.
0: Yes, indeed. Another interesting piece of news that came out today, according to Mike Cliss, who has a source within the uh, Robert F. Smith um, <laughs> Holdings Company. Got sources everywhere. <laughs> He's not bidding on the Broncos. Now, for those of you going who? Robert F. Smith, um, black billionaire from denver he's worth something like six something billion dollar no more than that 68 i know there's a six there anyway billionaire right a lot of money he put it out through a representative of his to nine news that i'm not bidding on the broncos i'm focused on pursuits that go beyond owning a team so my thoughts on that i don't care doesn't bother me. I could not care less. Look, whoever buys this team is going to be a billionaire whose, um, interests are way beyond the scope of us, right? Whatever billions got, whatever he did to get his billions, that's going to continue to be the primary focus of whoever buys this team. So I don't really care, dude, honestly, like, do I want it to not be a, a slime ball? Yes. I don't want the next owner of the Broncos to be a slime ball. Do I want him to have a hall of fame, heart of gold, like Pat Bowen? Sure. In a perfect world. I want that. Do I expect that? I do not. You know, you're more likely to get a Dan Snyder buying this team type than you are to get a Pat Bowen, heart of gold, right. hall of fame, excellence. That's all it is. You know, you're more likely to get Mark Davis walking through
1: that door, winning the bid than you are Pat Bowen. I'm glad I can convert you, Chad, to the I don't care club because I really don't care either. The Broncos got the GM higher right. I think they got the head coaching higher right. They have a really talented, exciting uh, roster. So whether it's Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Robert Smith, or even Johnny Bull in the blood of Denver owning the Broncos, <laughs> I really do not care. I just hope it gets resolved one way or the other fairly soon. And and um, yeah, I'll keep it there. I was looking forward to making some
0: great The Cure innuendos and jokes about robert smith but unfortunately it doesn't sound like it's meant to be friday i'm in love all right that's all i'm gonna say phil mclaughlin evening guys personally i think rogers is so competitive he would love to beat the quarterbacks in our conference so saying look it's not a disincentive it's a draw like he's so competitive that is another thing that's going to attract him to denver could be true but I don't think so. That's not how Peyton Manning thought for what it's worth. Peyton Manning was a guy that definitely looked at those outside factors as a part of where he would want to go. So I would assume Aaron Rodgers has similar considerations, but it doesn't mean that it's the be all end all right. Like I think fit uh, is the most important thing, supporting cast, coaching support, all that stuff. Uh, is more important probably to Aaron in in that type of a decision, Zach, than say, hey, what's the rest of the division look like?
1: I thought what I was going to say on the previous uh, comment, there is only one Pat Bowen, whoever lived, Chad. He was a very, very unique human and businessman and uh, Broncos owner. So I I wouldn't hold your breath on anyone that's going to own the team becoming the next Pat Bowen. I don't know, though, that I saw a fired-up, motivated, pissed-off competitive Rodgers when he walked off Green Bay's field after that Niners loss when he was going like this to the crowd. It seemed like it was a send-off. So the only incentive that makes the Broncos more appealing, and not just because of Hackett, is because they're in the AFC. Everyone's talking about uh, Tampa Bay could go after him. or now Washington, I hear, is going to be in the quarterback derby. That was a report that came out today. Both those teams, though— are in the NFC. The Broncos offer a way to get Rogers out of the NFC. So that's why the connection persists.
0: Dave from Georgia, a legendary super chat superstar. Great to see you, Dave. He says, did you see that number four for Georgia in the playoffs? That dude would make a great backfield partner for Pookie. That dude can fly. Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. There's some great prospects in this class. Um, Although I'm not sure if uh, what's his name. Um, I'm not sure if he's declaring for the draft though, but Zach I'm okay with the Broncos drafting another running back, but just, I don't think you need to draft one with a premium pick this time. Like let Pookie be Pookie. Let him take over. There is some question for what it's worth on whether or not he could really take to and master the outside zone. Um, Pat Shermer ran a lot of inside and outside zone for what it's worth more of an inside zone guy. I mean, I didn't chart the games or anything, but just going off the eye test, um, if there's one component to Javante's game that has been questioned now as a pro with some, you know, time on task there to be analyzed by guys like us, it's his vision. There are times Zach where he has um, missed the hole, you know, things like that. Like just, but then he makes up for it by bowling over three dudes and then he still gets eight yards or whatever, right? Like, so you take the good with the bad. And in Javante's case, he was just so good as a rookie, as a number two. And he was the number two. Let's make no mistake about it in terms of how the coaches used him and viewed him. I think you give him the pedestal. You're the bell cow. You got, um, Boone and Boone. I mean, he's, he's no chopped liver here. So if you're going to invest a draft pick in another running back, cool. But use a day, late day two, early day three.
1: is Day three at, at any point, day three pick. I mean, did the inside zone or outside zone matter to Marshawn Lynch? When you have a player who breaks every tackle and is the leading tackle breaker in the NFL, when you have a bowling ball running through defenses, you give that guy the ball. I'll, I'll tie this up really quick, Chad. It's one thing... Uh, for the Broncos to take a running back, trade up for one in the second round. It's another when that running back looked as good as Javante did as a rookie. So I'm okay giving him competition, bringing in someone to replace Melvin Gordon in tandem with him and Mike Boone. Just it's not a priority when you have needs at right tackle, linebacker, edge, safety, and elsewhere. Zach,
0: if tonight's chat is any indication, Broncos fans are fired up because we have a huge huge super coming from chris and zuko's van life adventures and we could probably count zach on two hands the number of times one of our great community members have um, supported us with a, a super chat north of 200 dollars, and i don't say that, i'm not trying to flex at all right now i'm saying like it's rare right it's a big deal so Chris and, Zuko, Chris and Zuko's Van Life Adventures, golly, you're blowing. I don't have much hair left, as you can see, but it's fallen out even more so because that was like just a massive hair dryer, just blew all the hair. Dude, seriously,
1: thank you. Um, and Zach, do you recognize this name? Yeah, we had a, a super from uh, them, I think, last week. And I think it was a person that we recognized before, but that's amazing. And I'll, I'll, I got this from here, Chad. Yeah. See that? Totally blown away. You see how it's, <laughs> it's electrified? That's what you do, Chris and Zuko, Van Life Adventures. Thank you so much. That's incredibly generous of you, and I uh, can't it. say Thank enough. you. Thank you so much. What up, priests? I've missed a few live ones, but caught you guys live tonight.
0: Here's my take on Peyton and Locke. Peyton, when asked if Locke was to be considered when finding the new head coach, replied with multiple theoretic questions on how to use them in their new systems. No Arod, no draft. maybe. I'll paraphrase it a little bit more. Basically what he's talking about is George Payton later on that that Sunday, bloody Sunday, after Vic was uh, dismissed, held his press conference and then later took a, an appearance on KOA radio in which he told, I think it was Broncos country tonight. I could be misremembering what show. Um, wow. Number two, super from Chris and Zuko's. Locke is the guy for this year. Thank you so much, big dog. Maybe we'll 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 continue talking about this. But what he said, Zach, for everyone out there, um, is basically that, hey, does Drew factor in to 2022? And he said, yes, absolutely. And then he went on to say, these coaches we're going to be talking to, the questions we're going to ask are, what's your plan for Drew? What would be your plan to get the most out of Drew? Who test their knowledge on the quarterback class in this year's draft, things like that. What's your plan? What would your plan be offensively? And Drew was uh, a, a part of that, at least from a public perspective. That's what he was trying to say to people. If there's anything, Zach, that makes me doubt that, it's that Drew's name did not come up in Nathaniel Hackett's press conference. Okay. Now, symbolically, that would be a faux pas if you had a proven quarterback, right? Like if he came in, like Josh McDaniels, for example, if Derek Carr's name didn't come up in today's press conference, you'd be, you'd be scratching your head a little bit, right? Same thing. To a lesser degree, because Drew is no Derek Carr in terms of proven production, reading between those lines, as we said last night, I believe their first focus, and I don't say this to disappoint you, Chris and Zucos, is going to be on an outside guy. Instant upgrade like an Aaron Rodgers. Barring Aaron, I think if they don't see a quarterback they absolutely love or believe is a day one upgrade over Drew, it's going to be Drew, who's going to be teamed up with a Teddy Bridgewater type as a backup,
1: I agree with your point, and it's it's Christopher Gaspari uh, who we know very well. That's oh, okay. Cool. Other than, of course, I know Chris. Yes. So, th- thank you again so much, Chris and Zuko. We, it's it's so amazing. We were left speechless. Um, I see that you're a Locke guy, but I, like I said yesterday, so many things have to fall in Locke's favor for him to wind up under center in 22. And the thing about the press conference, he had been the Broncos coach for like 24 hours. I don't think maybe he even studied the intricacies of the roster and Teddy and Drew and Brett Ripon for that matter yet. It was a pretty blanket statement about the quarterback position, but it was insightful of what he looks for in a quarterback. Two traits, intelligence and toughness. Locke has one. He might be missing the other. Wow, Dale. He, he
0: might be. Golly, dude. I wow. mean, it's going off the chain tonight. Off Y'all are the freaking chain. Amazing. Uh, Judas Priest, we are the... I got to pinch myself sometimes. I mean... <laughs> wow. Dale you, Dale, you are a freaking wow. legend, big dog. Not the first time he's been... I mean, what not the first time that Dale has uh, been this vociferous in his support of the huddle up podcast and the mile high huddle podcast for what it's worth. He doesn't restrict his love to us. Thank you, big doc. Thank you. I mean, I don't know what else to say. He says Javante running North and South in his own stretch scheme should have him salivating. I really believe Gordon at the right price would be a huge fit. Also, if no Rogers, who's your choice for pick number nine? Zach, how do you reckon with that level of support that, you're, that we're getting from
1: our our community tonight, led by D-Dub? You know, it makes me want to grab my beer mug, Chad, in celebration. Uh, so, uh, Dale, you are incredible. At Chris Gaspari, every single person, even without the super, it's just your interaction on a daily basis. Four nights a week in our podcast, seven nights a week in total. It is tremendous. Dale, you are a superstar, and you're kind of... Uh, pushing for all-time Zeus honors, you know, all-time lore. That's the level that you're at right now. So definitely we appreciate you. My choice for pick nine wouldn't be to have a pick nine. I would move down in this draft. I'm not taking an inside linebacker at number nine. I'm not taking a quarterback at number nine. I think if Peyton wants to really load up on draft picks, he can move down a few spots and take one of those guys. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah who mocked Kenny Pickett, who won't measure his hands uh, at the senior bowl, at number 9 for the Broncos. A little too rich for my blood. So that's where I would go with that. Move down. I don't really have a uh,
0: prospect in particular that I've got my heart set on um because I'm still just getting started on getting to know the class, all right? To to where I can really feel like I'm speaking to you with some authority in my opinions. But I'm looking at quarterback I'm a Drew guy. You guys know this. I, I wouldn't necessarily call me a truther, but I still believe in the upside of Drew Locke. But if I think that there's a guy in this class that um, is better than him, then I will be pounding the table for the Broncos need to get a quarterback this year. I don't care if it's from the draft uh, or an answer at quarterback this year. I don't care if it's free agency trade, the draft, or Nathaniel Hackett coming in and working miracles on Drew Locke, but that has to be solved now. No, you can't wait anymore. Like it has to happen. And you're probably not going to benefit, Zach, like the Bengals did from a sure thing lockdown. Oh, hey, we're number one pick. So we're going to go ahead and take Joe frickin' Burrow. And two years later, you're in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's pretty rare that that happens. But, you know, this year's class of quarterbacks, I'm focusing on that. Now, if it's not a quarterback, let's say, you know, um, you don't get Aaron and you, there's no one in this class that you love quarterback wise to invest top 10 pick. I'm all about edge. All right. I'm about edge rusher and
1: tackle in the first round yeah. this year. Well, let me throw it out there though. Burrow is a fantastic quarterback, true franchise guy, but he benefits from a good running game, a good receiving core, good elite coaching, I think, and a really hard nosed tough defense. What do the Broncos have except for quarterback? A good running game, a great supporting cast. Now they have much better coaching and a tough, hard-nosed defense that finished top five in scoring. Uh, That's why I'm saying Aaron would be nice, and you'd be an instant title contender with his services, but you get any upgrade over Teddy or Locke, whether it's Matt Corral or Kirk Cousins or anyone in between, you can go compete for the West as far as I'm concerned.
0: I mean, there are some names I think are going to be there for you in that nine range, Dale. I mean... We'll see what happens with Aiden Hutchinson. We'll see what happens with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, George Car- I always his name. Karlof- um, and then David Ojabo from Michigan. There are some options there at nine. I think if it's not a quarterback, it's it's got to be edge or tackle. Claude, exciting stuff happening all around. A great roster, seemingly great management and coaching. The league isn't ready for the Denver Broncos with a legit quarterback and some attention paid to the offensive side. That last thing you said, buddy, that's the key. Offense getting some real attention this time around. Donkey Die Hard, (laughs) love it, dude. The skid mark with Rodgers would be, see, Scott, it's now become a thing, dude. When the the community starts spitting it back to you, you know it's a thing. Uh, The skid mark would be, we might win for two seasons, but then what? suck for another five years 16 years with elway is why we are the top sports franchise uh a top sports franchise can't keep getting band-aids no i mean in a perfect world you drafted another john elway by now but those guys come you know once every 30 years right so um but i feel you there is a philosophical dichotomy right you're pulled Two different directions. On one hand, it's been six long years of losing. Give me an immediate salvation, right? On the other, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be entering, what is it, Zach, his age 39 season in 2022. Best case scenario for him is probably three years. In terms of upper echelon, you're going to still get MVP caliber production out of the quarterback. And then what? Well, I'm okay with the end then, what, Zach, because those first-round picks that you would be giving up to get him, those are going to be recycled. By the time he's gone, you'll have your first-round picks again, and you can throw it back into the pool and take another quarterback or figure out what to do then. But in those three years, ostensibly that he'd be around, going to be some good years. So I, for now, that's what my first focus would be. And a part of that too, Zach, is up to this point, no quarterback in this class like blows me away. creates that sense of like, I mean, even Josh Allen, the feeling Josh Allen gave me in 2018, which I was not a guy pounding the table for Josh Allen, that feeling of uh, upside and just raw talent. There's no one in this class that gives me anything similar to those kind of feelings of confidence, I guess. Um, so we'll see.
1: Yeah. I, I just, um, I'll worry about those five seasons after we win a Super Bowl in the first two seasons. You know, you put Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP on this Broncos roster, paired with Nathaniel Hackett, and you're competing not just for a playoff spot, but for a Super Bowl in year one. And look at Tampa Bay with Brady. They knew it was a— finite period, you were going to have MVP goat level play from Tom Brady. It got them one title and now they might enter a rebuild without Brady and a lot of their talent might be departing as well. They would take that. They would sign up for that. So I'll, I'll cross that bridge happily when we come to it. All right, guys, we're about out of time. Samaki, I don't know what you missed, but thank you for that super chat, my
0: friend. Appreciate that support. Seriously. Um, Travis Tarbox jumping in. Sorry, I've been on the shelf last week. Finally back to normal. So glad about Hackett, no doubt. Well, I hope all is well, Big Dog. Great to have you back in the chat. Glad to hear you're stoked on the Nathaniel Hackett hire. Uh, I think that you are, uh, like many of us, it was the right direction. George Payton's no dummy, guys. He's no dummy. He knows what he's doing. So uh, in George, I trust. But I think that's got to do it for tonight, guys. Uh, Rodney. All right, we got a couple more. I'm I'm being told here, Rodney. I want to see Locke be successful, but we need to beef up that O line. More protection, the better. Well, that's exactly. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. In fact, they're tied together. So to to make Locke more successful, go get him a right tackle. That's what I'm talking about in the first round, baby. Go get a, an edge rusher or a tackle, which helps Drew Locke.
1: That's why when we're talking about taking a running back super high or another cornerback or receiver, it's just kind of stupid, to be honest with you. No quarterback is going to be successful without protecting him and, and not rotating the Bobby Masseys of the world at right tackle. And Rodney, to your point, I think even Nathaniel Hackett agrees with you because he mentioned in his press conference about an offense. It might have been George Payton, but I think it was Hackett. Protecting the quarterback is number one. I think it was Hackett. And that gives you kind of insight as to how he wants to operate. You know, you could put Tom Brady back there in his prime. Look at the Super Bowl against the Giants. And we, when you harass him, it makes any quarterback. Look at Mahomes in yesterday's game against the Bengals. The Bengals' defense made Mahomes mortal because you harassed him and got after him. They didn't, he didn't have good protection. you got to protect whatever quarterback you have under center. Number one.
0: Amen. Dave Bristol, thank you for that very generous super chat, my friend. And uh, Rodney wants the Broncos to go after Cordell Patterson. Yeah. He's been written about a couple times already at MHH by the guys that are looking at the free agent crop this year for what it's worth. Um, Travis is saying, Any thoughts on who will be the OC and DC? So I think you might have missed the first part of the show. Uh, it's looking like it's either going to be uh, Justin Ooten, Oten, Wooten, the tight ends coach of the Green Bay Packers as the de facto offensive coordinator with Clint Kubiak as some kind of assistant, or they're going to split it up. One's going to be a passing game coordinator. One's
1: going to be a a running game coordinator. Also, Kevin Koger, the Chargers tight ends coach. Uh, I thought they were going to interview him. He's in the mix as well. DC's looking like um, Evero. And it also could be Anthony Weaver, who got fired from Baltimore. Uh, They put an interview slip for him. We'll have an article about that at MHH.com. That's how it's looking right now. No veterans on either side. And we don't know about about special teams. I'm just happy it's not... Tom McMahon, they're
0: going young and energetic across the board as far as the key coaching positions. Seth Harmon, thank you, buddy. Excited to see a fun offense in Denver for the first time in a long time. Amen. And that's why I like, even if it ends up devolving back to Drew as the option here in his contract year, because it's not a great class and Aaron either retires or stays in Green Bay. I like the prospect of what a Nathaniel Hackett can do with Drew Locke.
1: I mean, we were all getting excited when the Broncos would run like a a RPO, for example. Can you imagine all the creative plays with the West Coast system that Hackett's going to bring along, which is, I think, more in tune with today's NFL. I think it could be more conducive for the players they have on offense. Players like Sutton and Patrick and Noah Fan, Alberto, Javante, Jerry Judy. I mean, go down the list on and on and on. It's going to be fun for better or for worse, I think for better this time. No more Pat Shermer, upgraded quarterback, upgraded head coach. I could not be more pumped.
0: Michael, appreciate you, my friend. Appreciate you very, very much. Rodney, all of our supporters tonight, you're the bomb.com. We love you. We love you. Rodney says, I want to see more angry runs for Javante. Ask and ye shall receive. Trust.
1: All right. Well, then don't advocate for Cordell Patterson then or to bring back Melvin Gordon. Let Javante be Javante and let him be the man. Uh Travis is stoked to hear from Scott on the
0: senior bowl trail, yep, starting tomorrow, so look forward to that um but we gotta go guys we're we've run over, love you, appreciate you um no, no, no. You. M- us on no miss next question, yeah, love no you way. though, Rod. you know this. Uh, Zach, if you want to do the rundown, I'll yep. I'll uh, pull up Facebook and
1: see how we who we need to shout out. Don't get the Minshew love. I'll never understand it. I, I, I whatever. That was the Huddle Up podcast. Follow us on Twitter until we see you guys next, which is Wednesday, same place, same time. Follow us at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, if you want a fancy hat like Chad's wearing or any of our amazing items, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a piece of our swag. And, and if you haven't, go to facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button and facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. If you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be a hat, could be a shirt. Each and every single month. If you can't do those things, guys, we we get it. Just do these three things, please. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Just like
0: you, baby. Just like you. We love you. We appreciate you. Here's how you finished on Facebook tonight. Shout out to Michael Ronquillo throwing down Rodney Garcia throwing down Phil McLaughlin throwing down Matt Beatty, Claude Riley, the aviator, Travis Tarbox, Andrew Baker, and Marcus Lewis henna from across the pond. Plus on YouTube, shout out to these super chat superstars, Casey, Juero, Sam Bam, Mays, the Duchess, Michaela, uh, Dale, a legendary, legendary figure. Dave from Georgia, Samicky, Donkey Die Hard. And then, of course, Chris and Zuko's Van Life, Dave Bristol, Seth Harmon. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. Don't forget Broncos for breakfast on the Bright with Nick and Scott. Scott's in the Mobile. Great conversation to be had. And then building the Broncos tomorrow night. We'll see you, Zach and I. Wednesday night, we'll do some uh, raffles. We'll announce the winner as well from the Apple Podcasts. Not too late. If you get it in right now, today, you can still have your name in the raffle for the swag for the month of January on Apple podcast. So go leave that five star review as Zach mentioned. We'll see you in a couple of days.
1: Take care. And as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.